Hey there, everyone. It's Tim Bearden here, your host at Shadow Self, the podcast. And I bet those of you who have subscribed are thinking, well, finally, that lazy bonehead. There hasn't been a new episode, and he promised. Where's he been? You know, we're itching for some new Enneagram content. And I really do have to apologize for the lack of podcast content. Here's why. I'm actually, after a lot of thought and a lot of meditation, I'm going to go ahead and reboot Shadow Self, the podcast. And I'm also in the middle of resurrecting my children's show, Let Me Be Your Helper, which focuses on children's mental wellness. And it's a first of its kind. So if you please give me a little bit of latitude here on Shadow Self the Reboot, I would like to explain on how we're pioneering our way to new territory with the Enneagram. I'm currently developing Enneagram content for children. That doesn't seem like... A big announcement to a lot of you maybe, but this is actually pretty big news in the Enneagram community. Because the traditional school of thought is that children should not be introduced to such complicated psychological concepts as the Enneagram. A lot of the experts are afraid that the children are going to put themselves into a box by doing so. So I get the reasoning behind it from the other experts, but in the digital age, we need kids to have better self-awareness and self-confidence Otherwise, anonymous trolling will just compound the in-person bullying issue in the classroom. Now, I know that culture needs to change, but it's not. And until it does, we need to give our children the proper tools to be resilient to it. And most bullying actually comes from self-esteem issues. While I know we can definitely solve one problem by making children resilient, if bullying comes from self-esteem issues and understanding the Enneagram and yourself, can raise the self-esteem, we can potentially solve now two different issues using the Enneagram and mental awareness and this kind of education for children. You know, over the last several years, I've seen more and more stories about kids committing suicide as young as nine years old, and it breaks my heart. Suicide is a very personal topic for me, and it's tragic that someone who should be, you know, playing hopscotch or um, arguing over the swing set is sitting at home trying to figure out how much bleach they need to drink before it finally kills them. And what's the cause of it? Cyberbullying. If you identify yourself with others, the problem is you lose yourself when the connection is severed in any fashion. So when your classmates turn on you, or when your peers discard you or create you as a misfit, where's your identity? Where does it go? And so we see all these self-confidence and self-esteem issues in children, because while there's an importance of them looking outward for identity, there's also some wisdom in teaching them how to find that identity within themselves. And by comparing themselves to their peers, Children are always constantly reinventing themselves, too. And why should we put them through that if we don't have to? We remember what a pain in the butt that was. It builds character, you know, someone might say. But that's crap our parents said when they didn't have an alternative solution, and we knew it. We should want better for our kids. At least I want better for mine, and I'm I'm sure you do, too. In order to do that, though, we have to understand that our kids are not our only responsibility. We're also responsible for each other's kids as a community. It takes a village to raise a child, the idiom goes. And it's right. You need multiple perspectives to help you develop your child that will give them the best advantage in life. Why not teach them what that looks like in mental wellness? 
we do it with physical wellness, we do it with nutritional wellness. But right now, we are behind the curve as a society as far as mental wellness in children. How do we do that? Well, we do it using the Enneagram. We don't give kids enough credit. They are smart enough to understand it. My son's been into therapy before, and they actually have a program at his school that talks about different emotions and how they handles them and goes through the brain concepts. So he talks about his amygdala when he's angry, like I would talk about my head when I had a migraine. And he's seven years old. Seven. It just seems so natural to him. He just, he just gets it. Now, I love my kid. He's a bright kid. But let's be honest, he's not going to be graduating college at 18. So if he can understand a concept like the amygdala and that it causes his anger and he doesn't understand why it's making him angry, why do we not think that he could understand, at least at some level, the basic concept of the Enneagram and personality psychology? By teaching them the Enneagram, we help them root their identity within themselves while recognizing the positive traits in others, too. It creates empathy. It creates understanding, you know, and that's something we've forgotten about in this cancel culture. But this isn't the time for, to get on that soapbox. It's just an illustration of how widespread our lack of compassion and empathy for others and our lack of forgiveness is. We seem to be more content with the us versus them mentality than the it's all of us. How do we fix it as a community, as a group, as a whole? And we hear that pitch from politicians all the time. So we mostly just think it's crap, but it's not. Yeah, for them, it's some kind of a platform tagline, but there's some truth into it. We need to be a better com as a community, but we also have to understand that community for future generations starts with our children. And you can easily communicate complicated ideas to children. You just have to use ways that they understand it. How we do that is we use people they're familiar with. And since we're not the NSA and we don't have 24-7 access to every family, you know, bugs in their house and the whole nine yards, we need to use books and TV shows or movies to relate these concepts to children. Because that's where they're going to get most of their relations from. They're going to understand who SpongeBob is. They know who Caillou is. They know who Ash is from Pokemon or Avatar Aang or Bingo and Rolly, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. They know these characters. They identify with them. Elsa, Moana, Jasmine, Ariel. I mean, the list goes on of the names of characters that children will look at. And they go, oh, yeah, that person's really neat. So if we can give them the concepts of the Enneagram using those figures or ones that I'm actually creating, then why not give them the opportunity that we didn't have? The website is nearly finished, and we're going to have a cool subscription service to complement our kids' show. And I'm going to sit with a couple of other wellness specialists, nutritional and physical, and they're going to help me create content for the show as well. So when you're watching Let Me Be Your Helper, when you're looking at our site, yes, we're focusing on mental wellness, but mental wellness also depends upon your nutritional and physical wellness. So we need to look at it more as a whole wellness rather than segmented. But we'll go into more details of that later. Other pieces of the show is gonna feature different segments about mental wellness and themes, kinda of like what Mr. Rogers used to do. There's also gonna be books that are gonna be read on the show, one I'm actually creating right now. The working title for that one is The Enneagram and You, Enneagram Concepts for Kids. And this first book introduces the nine numbers with poems that define each of the numbers' personality. 
Kids respond to rhyming schemes very well. Otherwise, Shel Silverstein and Dr. Seuss never would have been as successful as they were, along with the countless others who have now replicated that formula. And while we're using a common formula, the book, as far as I know and have seen, will be the first of its kind because we're introducing Enneagram concepts to children in it. And that hasn't been done before. However, creating content doesn't come cheap, and we do need some support, and so I created a Patreon. And if you become a patron at Patreon for as little as $3 a month, and if you really think about it, that's less than one Starbucks coffee a day for that month, you can support us while we continue to create this groundbreaking content and help change the future of mental wellness for generations to come. We are experiencing a reactive mental wellness treatment right now. Anyone who's ever been in IT can tell you reactive is not the way to go. We need to be proactive. And while you can't anticipate everything, God knows I've tried being a six and all. It's much easier to maintain a computer system than to diagnose and rebuild one. And our mental wellness is no different. If we can start digging the problem out by its roots, by planting better fruit-bearing seeds, then let's do it. And let's do it together. Because we can't do this alone. So why not combine and donate resources to each other in order to build a better world? We know what it was like to be lost as kids and teenagers. We understand the anxiety and baggage that now comes with it well into our adulthood. Most of us are saying we are managing it well, and maybe some of us are, but I'm willing to bet the overwhelming majority are like me, my friends, my former colleagues, and anyone else I've come across in my 38 years on this earth. We are feeling the weight, and know we need to change the way we see the world and how we interact with it, because we learned it wrong. <laughs> when we were growing up. And it's no one's fault. We were operating off the best information at the time. And now that we have better information, we now need to give that to our children as well. This is why Enneagram coaching has been so important right now, especially during a pandemic, because if we're not changing the way we see the world and how we're interacting with it, it's going to be very easy to become bitter. And when we become bitter and we become angry, we start losing relationships. I also believe that Enneagram coaching can help determine the root cause of a lot of the behaviors or defenses that you've built over the years, barring any trauma, obviously, because that's going to affect the brain completely differently. And we need trained counselors and psychologists who are experts in those areas to assist in that. In my coaching practice, anyone who has a therapist, I make sure that they know they are seeing an Enneagram coach. Because in Enneagram coaching, while it's not therapy, traumatic things will get brought up. You are still talking very personally with somebody. It still has the same confidentiality as you would in a counselor, but we're not equipped to help treat or diagnose trauma. If we recognize it, we ask you to talk to your counselor about it. Or if you have a good coach, that's what they do. Because if we proceed into an area that we're not familiar with, we can cause you more damage than good, and that is not our goal. Our goal is to want you to be a more whole, better person that interacts positively with the world. Now, Enneagram coaches understand identity better than most personality experts because we focus on the underlying motivations rather than the behaviors. Motivations shape our identity. We just associate identity with behaviors, which is backward thinking. A lot of us even associate our identity with our jobs. I am a banker. No, you are a person. You say, I am a father. That is true. You are a father, but that's not who you are. You weren't born a father. You became a father. So we need a better way to identify who we are. Because if I were my behaviors, then I have no chance of changing who I am or being a better person. 
if I am my job, the only way I can be a different person is if I change that job. And if I have no way of changing or growing or being a better person, that's no life to live. The Enneagram, along with our spirituality, which I'll get to later, is what gives us hope. We root our identity in something larger than ourselves and know that our behaviors do not define us. How we react to situations and use them to grow is how we are and should be defined. If you can change your behavior, then your identity becomes lost and you question who you are. You struggle with the change because you defined yourself by your actions rather than allowing yourself to be defined by the person you were designed to be. That's what we help our teenage and adult clients with at Shadow Mind. We help them get back to the person they were designed to be. We uncover their shadow self. We help them identify the blind spots inside of them that are preventing them from their true potential. Now we want to extend that to children because understanding their type when they're older will only benefit them. We right now need to understand that their type will appear very fluid and that's very natural. Personality experts agree that the personality really doesn't come about until you're around seven years of age because it develops in those formative years. And it will only be once they understand the reasons behind their actions, which takes quite a bit of maturity that some adults I know don't possess, before they truly understand their type and are able to root themselves in an identity. We're not giving them their type. We're not telling them this is who they are. What we're doing is we're giving them the building blocks to help them discover who they are. Because we struggled with identity growing up, and we often found ourselves in other people's behaviors. So what do I mean by that? Remember when you were younger, you would always be like, I am not going to be my parents. I will never grow up to be that person. Well, what happened? You did it anyway. It's okay. We all did. It's so commonplace that there's even commercials about becoming your parents needing to be coached back to your own identity. But that's because we imprint on our parents and we see them as role models. Maybe we don't see them that way all the time. Lord knows I didn't. But if we take the time to understand our mental wellness, then we can demonstrate the importance of that to our children because they're looking at us as role models the same way we looked at our parents as role models. And I want to say this real clear for those of you in the back. Mental wellness is just as, if not more important than physical wellness. I'll say it again. Mental wellness is just as important, if not more so, than physical wellness. Think about it. If you're not stable mentally, it doesn't matter how good you look or how well you eat because you jeopardize every relationship by not understanding how to behave in a positive way or a way that helps others or a way that allows others to grow with you. The Enneagram gives us the roadmap to do this, the algorithm, if you will. And I've said that before, and I truly believe it. Just by learning more about the Enneagram, as well as my type, I've seen positive results in my relationship with my son, my friends, and my family. Right now, my only work colleague is my dog, Sarah. She loves me unconditionally. It's something we can really learn from dogs, actually, right? We all should love more unconditionally and foster forgiveness over divisiveness. And if we really want to understand how to do that better, we learn the Enneagram. Now, this next bit is about spirituality. And I would have laughed in your face six years ago if you told me I would be saying this on a podcast today. The Enneagram is not just the key to yourself. It is also the key to understanding how spirituality plays a role in your life. Now, please do not confuse what I'm saying. I did not say religion, though that certainly falls in the category of spirituality. Religion is a personal thing for everyone. Personally, I'm a Christian. I believe in the gospel and the verifiable facts that are in the Bible. 
I'm not here to convince you to do the same. I offer gospel-centered coaching, but I'm not here to convince you to become a Christian. However, there's also no atheists in the foxhole. So at best, I would qualify most atheists, if they are scientific at all, as agnostics. And I was there with you at one time. I was staunch about being an atheist, or as I see it now, an agnostic, almost to the point I was aggressive about it. And I had to take my own journey, but I found my spirituality and rooted it in the Christian religion. And before you balk, remember, we spoke of the Enneagram of being an algorithm to personality. If this is the case, then to believe in the Enneagram is to believe in intelligent design. I'll, take, I'll give you a minute to process that. To believe in the Enneagram is to believe in intelligent design. Feel free to do your own research on the Enneagram if you don't believe me. We have resources on our site, www.yourshadowmind.com, and there are countless other resources explaining how the Enneagram works as a motivation-based personality theory, as opposed to the current behavior-based model we have in assessments such as the Big Five or the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. The Enneagram has been described as the mind's defense strategy. It uses experiences early in life to begin developing personality traits. It seems the agreed-upon age, as I mentioned earlier, for a child to develop his or her personality is about seven years old. So between the ages of zero and seven, our minds have already begun working, creating this software for us to operate from. Now, before, we believed that the brain was fixed. Now we have this concept of neuroplasticity, which means our brain is kind of like a piece of plastic. It's always molding and changing, and we are no longer defined by one shape. It can always grow and change and learn new information. So with this concept of neuroplasticity, we now understand that these pathways we created are constantly changing and shifting throughout the course of our life, but this can create bugs in our software. This artificial intelligence, or AI I'm talking about, is us. If we are essentially a computer, and the body runs on electrical currents after all, then there must have been some intelligent design involved to program how we take in information and learn from it. Let's expand that now in the case of kids. So you have this really sophisticated learning AI in the beginning. It has no information, blank slate. You're introducing concepts to it. So you set it up with the best learning models you have available at the time, and after a few years of running, it begins to operate more independently. I mean, you do everything you can. You give it the best AI schools, and you give it the best AI curriculum, and you give it the best AI treatment, and you really nurture and foster this AI. Now, the more independently it runs, though, without your interference or your influence, do you think that AI is going to learn only good habits? Kids are not going to be around their parents 24-7. They're going to be around their peers more often than not, especially during the school age years, barring a pandemic. So again, do you think that AI is going to learn only good habits? Of course not, but we're not going to toss it out. We're going to continue to tweak the lessons it learns so it contributes rather than inflicts harm. We want it to create a positive influence for others rather than a negative influence. And just to make sure that we're still in the same metaphor here, the AI I'm talking about is still our kids. And kids really judge themselves when they get something wrong. And we tend to judge them too, whether we do it on purpose or it's just a reflex or it's how we were taught. We judge them by getting angry at what they're doing. Now, that's not to say there aren't times to get angry, right? There are times to be forceful. There are times to get loud if it's going to keep your child safe. However, we also need to help them understand that. We can't just stop right there. 
because we're not understanding the motivations or the why behind it. The more we teach the why, the more whole we can help our children be. Now, just because we start early doesn't mean mental wellness is the end-all beat-all. It can operate on its own, but life happens and gets confusing. So it needs regular maintenance, just like a computer would. We are seeing a lot of people right now struggling with their mental wellness because they didn't have or fully understand these practices. And full disclosure, we really still don't. But we are always discovering and improving. I feel we need to give the future generation all the advantages we didn't have in order to further progress of mankind, not just as an intellectual species, but as a more community-minded one. Coaches and other mindfulness specialists, wellness specialists, and counselors are seeing a huge surge in needs right now, but that's reactive care. And like I mentioned earlier, we need to be more proactive. So that's why I decided this was a more urgent and pressing need than the podcast at the time. So in order to support this effort, can you go to www.patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash, the one where the pointing from the lower right up to the, or sorry, from the lower left to the upper right, your shadow mind. That's www.patreon.com, backslash, your shadow mind. We will have exclusive first looks available for patrons, including early access to our supplemental subscription package to Let Me Be Your Helper, the show I mentioned earlier in the podcast. At the end of this month, patrons will get the first chance at the early bird rate and 30-day risk-free, no-auto-renewal trial. And this free trial includes one family coaching session with me over Zoom, which is a $75 value in and of itself. I'm only taking on 25 subscriptions for the 30-day free trial, so you will want early access. Like I said, Enneagram content for children is big news in the community, and I have a feeling once the other coaches and experts learn of it, they will want to fill those spots quickly. So why not get at the head of the experts this time? Become a patron and get the exclusive first look password at the end of this month. It will give you and your family lots to talk about as the Enneagram is essentially its own language. You'll have something to share with each other for a lifetime. That's worth more than $3 a month if you ask me. You're getting a steal. And that brings me to my next point. While I know many of you enjoyed the podcast in its current state, it felt like reinventing the wheel to me. I've been meditating on it for a while now, and it's because I'm not offering you anything new. I'm not providing any real value you can't get at another podcast, and that's a disservice to all of you. I'm not providing the service that I promised, and for that I apologize. I have a new format I will be trying as of next week that will also incorporate more family content. So like Your Shadow Mind on Facebook for more details on the specific launch date of that new one, and for any content regarding our Patreon account. Thanks for taking the time to listen and support Shadow Mind Mental Wellness and Shadow Self the Podcast. Truly, I want to apologize to each and every one of you for the lack of communication in episodes. I'm one man doing my best, but I can and will continue to do better. Until next time, my friends, shine on.